Hello, welcome back to the For Reals Though podcast with Amanda and Jessica. And I'm so excited for today's topic because we have our first ever guest speaker today, um, Zoe. And I, I'm so excited to get started with this, but when Jessica and I first like talked about podcasting and doing this podcast, one of the topics we wanted to talk about was friendships. And just because as women, this is kind of a complicated topic and challenging for some people and but it's also super important to have friendships and so I want to introduce Zoe to the show and Jessica is meeting Zoe for the first time too because Zoe is my hairstylist. (laughs) (laughs) Hi everybody yes I'm so excited about this topic we've been throwing this concept and this topic around for months um, but we neither one of us knew how to approach it um, and I think we just needed to sit on it for a bit until Zoe came into um, Amanda's world. And then this was the perfect uh, way to start talking about women, female friend- friendships is through Zoe. And the reason is because Amanda will tell us why it is that we're having Zoe come on and talk about this topic. Well, so I well, first of all, Jessica and I are a different generation, so we're Gen X and then I I just recently started going to Zoe and she's younger and she has just this fun unique perspective on friendships as we were talking and I thought you know what this is like awesome because it's just a different viewpoint that I had never heard of or thought of and it applies to everybody but not just like what she said just in general I think that I wanted to have a discussion just around friendships and I thought she'd be a great person to like include in this topic. So Zoe, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. And can you just tell us like a little bit about you and what you do and where you're from and just like a little background on you? Yes. So hello, everybody. Um, As they said, I'm Zoe. Um, So a little bit about me. I'm a hairstylist. I've been doing hair now for about two and a half years. Um, I grew up in a really, really, really teeny tiny little farm town in Kansas where my graduating class was about 20 kids. So super, super, super small. And with that pertaining to friendships, your friend pool is also pretty small. Yeah, I can Um, relate to that because that was my life in Oklahoma. Jessica lived in Oklahoma, too, for a little while. Yeah, I graduated uh, senior year in Oklahoma, but all the other years before that, I went to school in New Orleans. So pretty big, big classes. Yeah. That must have been a big shift. (laughs) It was huge. (laughs) I was the opposite. I went from Oklahoma small town to a a school in Wyoming that was huge. I I went from 26 kids to 400 and some kids in my class. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Keep going, Zoe. Yeah. We interrupted. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. um, Zoe, how old are you? I am currently 22. And also, you recently got married too, right? In the last year? I got married. um, I've been married a little over a year now. I was married in November of 2021. Okay. Well, congratulations on your new wedding. Jessica just got married this summer. Yeah, in um, in June of 2022. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. They say third time's a charm, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we got some years on you, Zoe. <laughs> yeah, just to put things in perspective, Zoe, my oldest daughter is a year older than you, so okay. that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay. And my oldest daughter's two years older than you. 
Yeah. I love this. Yeah. So you grew up in a small town and you kind of, so this is where we connected because I grew up in a small town too. And I had very little, I, we always had, we, everybody knew everybody. So we always had these Mm -hmm. friendships, right? We're like, we didn't really have to work too hard at friendships. And so Zoe, share with me what you said when we talked, when you had this, like, like, you had like an aha moment. It was like a moment you were like, okay, I had this like aha moment about friendships. Um, so what I discovered one day while we were sitting in the chair, or while Amanda was sitting in the chair doing hair and all the fun stuff was that because the friendship pool is so small and you're growing up in a small town, you constantly are seeing your friends. If something happens or you need to talk to them or anything, you're just going to see them the next day or at the next event or ev- literally every day in a small town, you're seeing the exact same people. And so what I realized is that, like, growing up where I grew up, I never had to learn how to make friends because they were always just there. And so now going into my adult life, I have found that friendships are harder Um, just because I'm having to learn all of those social skills, I guess, of reaching out to friends and keeping up with them because I don't see everybody every day. Um, And also making friends has been something that's been very different just because I never had to do it. They were just kind of there. Your friend pool was given to you from the day that you were enrolled in school from preschool through senior year. Yeah. So when Zoe talked about this, I was like, Oh my gosh, it makes sense. And not, so from her perspective, I think talking about it like from a small town, but I think it applies to all of us, no matter if you go to a big school or a little school, because you're kind of surrounded, you're in the same class, you see these people, you're exposed to them, you know, you're, it is easier to make these friendships and connections versus becoming an adult and you don't see them every day. So you have to put in this effort of connecting and meeting for coffee and, Jessica, I thought of you when she said this because you are really like this is really important for you for friendships and you really want people to put in the effort with friendships. But yet it is like what Zoe said, it is challenging as women because we are married, we have kids, we have family, we have jobs. And so making that effort when you've never had to and also when life is so busy is really hard. Oh, yes, 100 percent. And I would agree, Amanda, that. This applies, this concept applies across the board, um, just uh, to all school age children, all school age children. And I think that when you leave high school is when, you know, depending on what your route is, if you go to college, then you have a smaller scale concept that high school was, right? It's a little bit different because semesters change. So you make friends in, in one semester and the kids that are in your class, and then everybody goes to a different, you know, the semester's over and everybody goes to different classes for the next semester. So then you make friends in that semester and then you make friends in the next semester. And so college kind of gets you ready. It's like that nice transition point. But there's so many people, um, Zoe's age, because uh, my daughter Abby is 23 and there's a ton of people in her graduating class that didn't even go to college. So that generation really is exploring whether or not to even go to college. Whereas our generation, we all went to college. It just was a thing. Yeah. Like, And so 
there's that I see that transition where um, if you didn't go to college, you immediately have to learn a whole new way, like Zoe's explaining um, of how to, to make friends and maintain friendships and what's healthy and what's right. So that's um, that is such a, a great point. And I definitely can see how I can sit here at 46. I just turned 46 at 46 years old and see the people who struggle with that now, like the women who struggle with that even now at this age, because maybe they didn't get that transition or maybe they didn't use their time, their transition time to learn that skill. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think also adding in an, another factor, because I think it's not just, I think it's every age group, but I think the younger, even younger than Zoe um, generations are having a hard time because they have these devices and phones that they grew up on. And now it's, it's so many people struggle, like, especially after COVID of putting themselves out there and being around people, it's easy to hide away. And so then there's so many young kids that are lacking friendships because they, they don't know how to make them. So I feel like this topic is such an important topic. Um, what do you think, Zoe? I totally agree with the fact that the younger kids all have, or younger than me anyways, I'm not a big tech savvy person, <laughs> um, but all of my younger siblings and everything, they talk to all of their friends constantly over the phone, through the phone. So sometimes when they're all together, they are very awkward when they're in person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are we talking to each other? Or they're sitting there watching videos, sending them to each other while sitting across the room. <laughs> but I have noticed on the offhand of that is that they all – like, those are just little bits and moments that they're like, oh, yeah, we're actually face to face. We're not over the phone right now. But I have also seen that they have more connections. Yeah, true. Social media and through Snapchat to all to kids from other schools than I ever did. That's so true. I ever did. But I mean, they all grew up with having connections through games over the xbox or something like that yeah. i one of my brothers can make he's one of those people that can sit on a bus and make friends with the person beside him whether he's two or 52 but he <laughs> knows somebody from anywhere just because of the connections he's made over the internet oh wow okay so I was going to say that I'm starting to believe based off of what I'm seeing in my not in my my immediate circle, but uh, in my community um, amongst women around my age group. Um, as you get older, Zoe, your age group turns into like a 10 year span. Right. Instead of like <laughs> three years or five years, it's like now I'm in the 46 to or the 45 to 55 group age group. Right. So um, I'm looking around and I. I, like Amanda said, I'm very, um, I'm very uh, connected and connection is very important to me. And I'm realizing as um, I'm doing some, some healing, some childhood wound healing um, in the last six months, I'm realizing that my female friendships and my connections with my peers, uh, my female peers has become, it's meaning something different from me. And that's just a personal journey that I'm on right now. And I just made that realization in my journal like a week ago, but I'm still very connected and then connection is super important to me. And I think I agree with Amanda. I think COVID really 
sent that into a massive spiral. Um, and COVID meant when it means in the in the sense of human connection, COVID meant something different for everyone. Um, but uh, I am spending I have been spending a the last four months specifically just really reconnecting and showing the people that are important to me, how important they are to me by taking the time for them, by making connections. But I'm watching other women in my age group, um, they're, they're moving further away. They're, they're isolating themselves more um, and they're using everything in the world as an excuse. Well, my work is too busy or I'm too stressed or my family life is, you know, I've got teenagers now and they're all just so draining and I'm exhausted and my adrenals are hashed and, you know, and or I'm I'm physically ill and I'm working on my health or stuff like that. And and it's every reason in the world to not take the time to reconnect if they lost connection over COVID. Mm -hmm. Have you seen stuff like that in your age group, Zoe? I, I totally think that that, or at least in my personal, like closer friendships, it has happened where you drift apart and through COVID, you know, you didn't see anybody, you didn't do anything. And after COVID, I feel like, it still was like, if I don't go, if I don't want to see people, why do I have to right yes. now? Yes. Why do I have to go and talk to people and see them when I can just send them a text and tell them I'm doing great, even though I maybe am not doing great? Um, yes. Or I, I feel like this past year, a little bit for the world in general, we've come to a little bit more of a normal pace of life or come back to more of a normal pace of life it may be different but it's a little more normal and I think after those few years where everybody was secluded and by themselves that getting back out there and trying to relearn I guess because we weren't using those social skills to mm -hmm. build friendships mm -hmm. but to relearn in a new world with all this new technology and there are all the new topics of COVID and Lord knows what else, that it is very difficult for anybody. I know a lot of my friends that were very, very outgoing prior to COVID and maybe got a little bit more secluded and harder to talk to or harder to connect with this past year. Totally agree. I totally agree with that. And I'm going to even go so far and take it one step further from what you're saying and say that some of the groups in, that I'm around, some of the, the people um, in my community are use they're taking this um, they're taking this need to isolate themselves and this um, and they're and there's they're going into this this realm of self-empowerment. Well, I'm I'm building boundaries now or I've got anxiety. And so I'm just going to I, you know, I'm just going to stay home because I've got anxiety and or and they're saying that they don't they're not going to go out if they don't want to go out and be social if they don't want to be social. Um, and it's a form of of empowerment that they, they have their voice and they're just finally going to stand up to society and say, I don't have to do this. I'm not gonna. And it's like mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm seeing. And it's it's almost like a rebellious thing, um, but it's all to justify the fact that they really liked COVID and being isolated and they want to be back yes. to that place. <laughs> yes. But did they really? Because like ultimately that, I mean, I, so I tend to be 
you guys are both very social and I'm, I'm the least social out of the three of us. Like I actually am one of those people that do enjoy being at home. But having said that, I haven't, I don't feel like that's really true. I think people think that they want to be at home, but I think it's more important that they have these connections and friendships and, well, and life, right? Cause that's what life's all about is connections. And, and I mean, you, well, yeah, is that and, and really I, true happiness to stay hidden away? I don't think it is. I agree with you. And that was the next place I was going to go with this was what, what I'm discovering in the last four months when I've buckled down and I've taken the time to make an hour or two, you know, at a coffee shop for a friend and reconnect, what I'm discovering is that they are, they're a little hesitant sometimes to make the time, but when they do, they are like, they, they just open up like a flower and they start talking about things that they would have never thought they talked, they would talk about. I'm learning about them at levels that they didn't even know they knew about themselves, right? Um, and then they're also, or they're expressing their concerns and they haven't talked to anybody about this yet, whatever this mm -hmm. issue is, right? right? The concerns in their life. And then they feel so grateful at the end and they're like i'm so glad we did this and i'm so and i'm like because we're humans and we humans need humans like we need to do this we can't just say well i don't want to tell anybody about this i don't want to I, or i don't want to explore this uh, what's, what's going on with that with myself because of whatever reason the because is and they don't even realize how cathartic and um and therapeutic it is to sit down and just talk and and yes. and be human yeah. and be human with another human. And yes. I want to point out too, because it is this podcast really is geared towards women. Not that men can't listen to it, but there is a difference of talking to another woman versus talking to your husband. Not that we're not that that it's not equally as important or empowering in and the connections, but there's something about talking to another woman because there's it's just a different different connection a different under level of understanding right i think that's one reason i absolutely love my job is because i get to make connections and most of the time i do have male clients but 95 percent of my clientele is women and it is insane to watch how at the beginning of the appointment like i always say it's a blessing and a curse to some people that i don't know about their lives because yep. some people will sit down and they'll open up and they will, they just need somebody to talk to. They need somebody to tell their stuff to and to bounce ideas off of and just to get it out there. Whereas other people, they aren't quite sure whether they want to tell a stranger about their lives or whatever. And I love hearing all of it, but it is crazy to watch how you have some people like, I feel like that's how Amanda and I connected. You know, you start off with the basics, like, Hi, what do you do? How's your life? And then you're like, so where'd you grow up? And that's how we got connected. And I think I told her at our last appointment, I was like, you know, I really love when you come in because I feel like we really figure out each other's lives. Like, <laughs> 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 sit there and talk and like, yeah, so what do you think about this? Or this happened. How do you think we should go about this? And it's just, it is cathartic for anybody to sit there and People, I think you said it earlier, Jessica, people need people, yes. humans need human, whether they love to be by themselves, they still need human interaction, whether they want to admit it or not, yeah, it's, needs somebody to talk to. It's in our nature. I mean, it really is. And when you're isolated and when you isolate yourself and you sit in your anxiety and you, you know, you get ill, 
you get mm-hmm. mentally ill, you get emotionally ill, you get, and then that manifests into physical illness, period. That's just how it is. And, and so I agree. I think that, um, this, this, this attempt that I've been making to get all of these people out of their shells and get back out into the world and start, you know, connecting again has been wonderful. But at the same time, me watching the groups of women that don't have that instigator like me in their group to say, we need to go out, like, let's go. And they're sitting there in their, you know, in their disdain um, and then talking and then taking it into a negative place and and saying things like, I don't, I don't want needy friends. And we've already talked about this on a podcast previous about this whole new trend with women my age that are saying that they don't want to hang out with needy women and needy friends because they don't have time for that in their lives. You know, I feel like that's like taking it, taking, taking the pendulum and swinging it completely the other way and making excuses for not connecting with humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought up this like anxiety talk topic related to friendships and the hiding away because I feel like it's such a big issue. I've seen it because I've worked in mental health and also just with my kids, but then also I, I have disability patients as well. And so I have a lot of patients that deal with this anxiety and again, use, like you said, using it as an excuse, but I think our culture right now is embracing like this mental health movement. And so they're allowing it to, and it's complicated because it's not like I don't respect or understand it, but I also think that when you say, well, it's just my anxiety, so I can't go connect with people, it makes the monster bigger. You have this, it makes it more hard because, and I feel like COVID made this worse too, because I had so many patients that were afraid to even just leave their house because uh, before, before even COVID happened. And then they only left it for like grocery stores or doctor's visits or whatever, but they were getting out some and then COVID happened and we created this little, well, deliver your groceries to your doorstep. So you don't ever have to leave. And, and then now these people, didn't have to leave it even more. And now the monster is bigger. Now just stepping out the front door is like debilitating. Like, and so that's an extreme case of it, but still these people that struggle with anxiety, struggle with get it going in social settings or feeling a little bit awkward when they go out has magnified. It's made it bigger. And when you avoid it, it becomes, it feels impossible. And so you have to, get yourself out there. You have to expose yourself to it. So it doesn't seem so like terrifying to do. And, and so I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like I understand anxiety and I understand it's hard, but at the same time, you have to become empowered and take things on when you have mental health challenges. You can't just accept it. It's kind of like getting cancer. You don't just say, well, I have cancer and then not try to die, get the treatment. Right. Yeah. And then die. <laughs> yeah. You don't just go. And so I feel like we've taken it too far. Like, oh, well, I have depression or I have anxiety. So use it as a crutch almost. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that you still have to say, I'm going to fight back. I, well, know, I know this is a challenge for me. I'm going to fight back. Right. And that's what I was going to say is that I don't want to sound insensitive as well. Right. I don't. And I definitely came across that way. Oh, I don't think so. No, No, I I mean, if I if I did, I didn't mean to, because I am also sensitive towards, you know, the social anxiety movement that is happening right now because people are able to talk about it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that now we we've put a name to it, we've defined it, and now people can say, I have this problem and I'm dealing with it, but make it a public thing so that everyone around them can 
No, because before this was a movement, before this was a thing, when I had a friend who had social anxiety and told me no to every single thing I ever invited them to, I thought they didn't like me. I took it personal. I thought it was something about me, right? But now I know that if, if they can say that and now society is allowing them to say that to people, then I understand. And I'm like, okay, I'll leave them alone. This is their journey. They need to figure it out, right? Um, but, and then it's not about me. Um, but at the same, and so it doesn't affect our friendship, right? It doesn't affect who, who we are together as friends. But, um, but I agree with Amanda. I think that, um, people use it to an extreme to, um, so that they don't have to work on it. Because in reality, anxiety is just like any other, um, illness. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a signal to you. It's a sign that something's wrong within your body, within your brain. But that doesn't mean that, it's permanently wrong. It's something that you need to be aware of and that now you can hone in on and work on and improve and get healthy again. Because right. anxiety, it's just like any other condition. Yes. Like if you get diagnosed yeah. with, low th with abnormal thyroid, which Jessica did this past year, then you know, okay, this is something I have to work on. You just, I have to maybe make some changes with my diet or, or right. whatever, or I have to do this. It's the same with anxiety. It's, I feel like we've gotten, we're trying to support mental health, but then we've supported it too far in that it's like yeah. not not helping them get improve it's like allowing them to like just stay in that place uh, yeah and so i'd like to hear from zoe about what what she's seeing about these social um anomalies that are now being you know that are appearing in society that like what are you seeing in your age group zoe i see a lot of like People are a lot more open about their mental health problems, which is amazing. I think that's great. But I also know many, many people that because it has become more of a popular thing, in my personal opinion, with some of the things I've seen online or people I follow or friends that I have, that sometimes having anxiety or having these things, people use it as a crutch, but they can also take it too far. And they may not have that stuff. And you can tell that by the way that they're reaching out or the way that they are interacting in a group setting or the way that they're interacting by texting you um, that. But they'll sit there and almost make it a part of their personality to try and fit in with the group. I see. And okay, I, I'm not saying that people do or don't or they're all everybody's all on their own personal journey. But I know many and many and many and many people that because maybe they have lots of people around them that have anxiety that they almost take it to the extreme with themselves right right yeah that kind of i don't know if this is appropriate to include but it reminds me of some of the stuff i see with the younger kids with the gender thing it's yeah. if they have it's like there's trying to sort it all out so but if they know a friend that maybe is gender fluid or bisexual they kind of because they haven't figured themselves out yet they're like oh well maybe that's the cool thing to do and they buy into it even though that's not them so kind of when you're talking about this mental health mm -hmm. thing it almost sounds the same thing where like they haven't figure themselves out and they are not confident in who they are and they're trying to fit in in a sense and so yeah. their friends are that saying oh this anxiety is a big deal so maybe i need to say it too mm -hmm. oh 100 percent. i have had lots of young kids come and sit in my chair and um 
you can tell that they are confused, which you're at a young age, like everybody at some point in their life, like, you know, you go through your own challenges, you go through these, their own things. But I think because of all the pressure social media puts onto mental health and gender fluidity and all of that, that they don't quite know how to feel about it. Um, and they'll come in and say some of the darndest things. I've probably heard it all from young kids and you're like, but you're only nine. Like, these are things that you shouldn't have to worry about as a nine-year-old, you know? Right. Yeah, it's a big deal. It really is. It's a, mm -hmm. a lot of people think they have to have things figured out. Well, you never have things figured out. I had patients that were <clears throat> 18 and 19, and mm -hmm. I was like, you don't have to have an answer. You don't have to say that you're a certain way yet. Like, even at that age, like, or maybe you don't ever say, like, you know, like, you can, maybe it can change. I mean, mm -hmm. Jessica and I talk about this all the time. Like, we're a constant work in progress in life. Like, it, when, how I was a year ago or even two weeks ago is different from now because you learn and then you're like, wait, is that really important to me? Like Jessica just texted me this morning and said, I don't think the word you picked for the year is right because we, we decided to pick a word of the year. She's like, I don't think that's right for you. And, and that's the thing. It's probably not right for me, but life is showing me it's not right because other things are happening to me. And so now I need to pivot and be like, okay, maybe, maybe life what I thought with how this year is going to go isn't and the same with no matter what it is with your any decisions you make or with your friendships or your mental health or your gender whatever it doesn't once you decide something it doesn't have to stay and I feel like there's so much pressure to put on everybody that they have to make all these decisions like you said especially at a young age that's so sad to me it yes and they feel like that I know some people and some kids that say that their parents have put that pressure on them um, and it just, at such a young, you have everybody at any age, you have such a life ahead of you. And so the fact that they feel like they have to make those decisions, it is very saddening to me. Okay. So, so I'm going to pivot a little bit and bring us back to the female friendships. Cause I want to know some things, um, Zoe, mm -hmm. I want to know, I want to compare and contrast what friendships look like, um, where, where I'm at in my 46 year old age group compared to your 22, um, year old age group. So are you guys meeting for coffee? Are you are you going to the bars? Are you going to dinner? Like what are you guys doing in your friendships to stay connected? Or what do you what does that look like? What is a screenshot of your friendships? How many and how many friends do you have? Because when I was in my early 20s, I had a, a, a shit ton of them. And now I feel like over the years, I have definitely narrowed it down to a small group. Yeah, I personally I have I don't have a ton, a ton, a ton of friends. I prefer to keep my immediate group pretty small. Um, I think that just comes with growing up in a small town and everybody was your friend that I had a crap ton of friends for ever and ever. But knowing like I like to have very personal connections and not just sur surface level connections. Um, and so I have a very close knit people. I have about five ish friends that I know I connect with um, very, very regularly. And my goal this year, actually, because I'm trying to relearn how to better connect is um, the friends that I don't live 
close to. Um, my goal is to at least once a month or once every other month, just give them a call, talk to them. And I actually did this a few weeks ago and my friend actually had some major life events happening that she was struggling through. And she's like, yeah, I haven't really talked to any about anybody about this. And I was like, wow, I'm actually really glad we got to talk and yeah. got to get everything off. But the friends that I do see more often, we do, we go out to coffee, we'll go get dinner. I've got a couple friends that um, in the morning, we try and meet up and we'll go work out. Um, so we'll see each other a couple times a week. But it definitely has been a shift to make the effort, learn how to make the effort. Um, okay, so the next question is your five friends that you have, do they know each other? Like, could you all go do something together and everybody was comfortable? So, yes and no. Um, I've got a close group of friends from my hometown and then I've got a couple friends where I live now. And those groups together all get along. Um, they're very, 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 very similar. And when I did at one point try to get everybody together, heads clashed. It wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't like, oh, we're all happy-go-lucky and this is just the best time ever. And I think that's because the friends at each place are so very similar that they, I don't know, it was, I don't want to say a power struggle. <laughs> but we're women after all it probably it was a power struggle it felt like that like in each group you had like there's always that person that really likes to take charge and so in both of those groups both people wanted to take charge and then there was the more caring person of the group that they were like well why like this is my job like it that's kind of how it looked and it was really funny afterwards I had each group come up to me after we were all together and they were like you know I don't know if I got along with your friends over there. <laughs> and in my head, both said the same thing. They're like, you know, I just don't, I just don't know. It was just weird. Each group said the exact same thing, said the exact same thing about the other. And I was like, wow, this is, this is actually hilarious that I have somehow managed to find two very similar group of people to run with in these different areas. But <laughs> Yeah, it always seems like we want we want to take these girls trips, right? We always want to go on these trips with our friends, except our friends aren't friends with our friends. Like, so it always is an awkward situation when you start throwing out invites to these girls trips and you're like, everybody come because then you're like, oh, wait, maybe they won't get along or, you know, because they're my friends. All my friends aren't friends with each other. But if I yes. brought them all on a trip together, it would be very interesting. And I kind of had a little microscopic view of that of that idea when I had my bachelorette party um, because all of my friends weren't friends with each other but came together on a little trip in South Carolina together for a weekend and it was like okay this is what it would be like if we started doing this every year with all of these friends that yes. I have that are my friends <laughs> so yeah okay because so I was there and I thought it went fine but I also really have this laid-back personality and like whatever <laughs> I'm just here to have fun I don't really care so yeah, uh, yeah Amanda's invited to all my girl trips because she's <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> you have to have somebody that's just so go with the flow. Yeah. You, you gotta have yeah. at least one. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's not just go with the flow. She's the party animal. Like, she's literally dancing on the boat in a bikini. So, yeah. I that mean, is so not me. <laughs> 
so she gets everybody up and going too at the same time so it's it's awesome <laughs> well that's because i am going with the flow and i just don't care yeah that's true i'm that's not true. worried about like all the social conf you know like opinions or whatever i'm like you either like me or you don't i'm here to have fun <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i can't wait to take her to new orleans by the way just just oh. announcing that it's going to be a blast one day I'm gonna get her to Marga and she's gonna go wild. It's gonna be awesome. Oh my gosh, you guys will have so much fun. <laughs> she makes it sound like I'm a party animal. I really am not. I don't even really drink that much. But that's the crazy thing. So when we were your age, Zoe, we went. We were out at the. I guess you call it the club, the bar, because we couldn't really call that the club in a small town Wyoming. But we we were there every weekend dancing it up. And a lot of times, neither one of us even ordered a drink. Right. <laughs> we would drink yeah, water yeah. all night. No, we did because we were thirsty because we were sweating because we were dancing so much. <laughs> <laughs> but we were like that. We had so much fun. That's what we did when we were your age. I, and, and we were mothers at that time, too, because I had Abby. At yeah. 22, and you had already had Kayla, so we were mothers who were dancing at the clubs every <laughs> weekend. It was ridiculous. It was fun. I am a dancer at heart as well. It's funny. So um, my husband's much more introverted, much more introverted than I am, and I could be at any event, any anything. You'll always find me on the dance floor, like yes. no matter yes. what. And at first, he was very offended. He was like, "Well, why?" Like, I'm just sitting here. I don't really want to go dance, but I'm like, I don't want to just sit here and twiddle my thumbs. And so we've had to find a balance of he knows that I'm going to be on the dance floor and I know he'll just be sitting over there having a grand old time sitting. <laughs> I know. I'll never forget. So I lived in, you know, me and Jessica had in our early 20s. This is what we did. And then I moved to Omaha, Nebraska, which is where I live now. And I didn't know anybody, so I was, like, having withdrawals of, like, going out with Jessica, having fun. And so my sister-in-law was like, come hang out with us. We're all going to this bar. So I'm like, yes, I get to go out, go dancing. And you would not believe they sat at their same table in their same spot and, like, ordered, like, these, like, pitchers of beer. And, like, and I was so bored. I was like, people do this? Like, they sit at in one spot the whole night? <laughs> like, I was, like, so anxious to, like, get up and dance and do stuff and I'm like I can't like this this is not me oh yeah after we after you moved to Nebraska I just like stopped because uh -huh. there was no there was no replacement for that life there was nothing that there was, was no be, replacement yeah. so I didn't even go to the bars anymore I yeah, didn't do me anything either. it was like without Amanda it wasn't going to be worth it <laughs> oh my gosh I love that <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, I am so appreciative, Zoe, that you came on and you are our first guest ever, but that you talked about a topic that Amanda and I have been throwing back and forth and just not ready to record about yet. And this made it perfect. I loved having your perspective and your different generation. But also what I loved is that we discovered that there are a lot of similarities, even in your 20s and me and my 40s. Um, amongst women and you know you mentioned that you have a small intimate group of friends and I feel like I just got here about you know five years ago to this small intimate group of friends scenario but that's where I'm at right now and I would never go back but I love that we bridge that generational gap where I see you doing exactly what I'm doing when it comes to female friendship so I love the commonalities that we were able to draw as mm -hmm. well yeah, and I think the overall thing that I'm going to take away, and I hope that the listeners take away, is just the importance of starting to connect with your 
female friends more and the the benefits that you'll get from that and putting yourself out there and not hiding away and kind of like reminding yourself how it feels at the end of that coffee visit like Jessica was saying at the end where you feel like like oh my gosh this is just amazing I'm glad I took the time to like connect with somebody and share like the feelings that I've been feeling and and have that female understanding that only women get Um, I just feel like it's like so important for us to support each other as women connect as women and and be there for each other yeah I agree and I I just implore all the other women that are listening right now who can relate to everything we're talking about to call your friends set something up put it on the calendar right now even if it's three weeks away just do it because you will never ever regret it ever Zoe any last parting words from you I don't think so. I think that this has been amazing. It's been great to um, not only talk about building connections with other women, but I feel like I have now made connections with you guys as well. I know. So now that we know that you like to dance, you're definitely invited next time we we know (laughs) we're going to do some dancing. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. All right. So we're going to end with our favorite tagline that we always forget. So I'm going to (laughs) start. All right. Don't forget to 